Welcome to the Web3 Writers Hour, the place where blockchain and writing intersect with writers and readers. The Web3 Writers Hour is brought to you by Vagabond Magazine and published on Apple Podcasts through the Substack app. You can find all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or at Vagabond, V-A-G-O-B-O-N-D dot Substack dot com. Our theme music is composed by the amazingly talented Paolo Argento and brought to us courtesy of Pixabay. You can find the link in the show notes. GM, GM, this is the Web3 Writers Hour from CD Domitio, uh, joined by co-host Edward Carpenter, Cryptoversal Books. We've got author style here. Riona Morgan is here. We're going to get you guys up on the stage if you want to speak. Uh, Edward, how are you today? Hey, good morning. Good morning, good morning everybody. Yesterday, from Sydney up to this little bit of the world where I'm in. And yeah, just uh, very happy that technology allows me to uh, to road trip. Well, you're cutting a little bit in and out on my end, but I think we can deal with that. Cryptoversal Books, how are you? I'm doing great, CD. It's another wonderful week. And uh, very much looking forward to connecting and learning uh, all about what people are up to in Web3. Absolutely. And, you know, we know somebody who knows that, and that's Riona Morgan. We're so glad to have you here, Riona, always. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. I, I love today, and I love Web3 Writers Hour and just spending time with everybody, just catching up and seeing what everybody's working on. So yay, yay, yay. I'll pass the mic back to you, CD. Okay, just a quick reminder, this is the Web3 Writers Hour. It's a conversation among writers where blockchain and writing uh, intersects, uh, among readers as well, or anybody who has a thought about Web3 writing and writing on blockchain. I see, uh, let's see, who is that? Rencrypta, you join us. Uh, if you'd like to come back, you're welcome, or come up on the stage, you're welcome to join us as well. And this is always a conversation, so if you have something to say that involves Web3 writing, we're happy to hear from you. Cryptoversal, uh, you, you brought something kind of interesting today, I think. You want to tell us about it? Uh, I do. Um, I found an article with some interesting new vocabulary that we might want to test out. Um, and I need to pull it up on my screen in order to have access to it. Um, I will put a link into the description, into the, in, uh, into the, uh, the nest. Um, it is uh, from the, the Zora Zine. The article is called The Lexicon of LexCore, Lex, Lex, LoreCore, uh, from curator in residence, Shimon Basar. Uh, and he's come up with some uh, some words. Lorecore is an era belonging to digital capitalism characterized by people's existential need to storify, storify themselves at the very moment global narratives collapse in an unprecedented manner. Um, and my, my, my take on that is um, people, people coming up with stories having an existential need to come up with stories uh, for themselves um, as global narratives collapse. Uh, and, I, and, and I wanted to get some, some opinions on 
uh, what people think of some of these some of these neologisms that that are are uh, in this article. Yeah, man, I'm all ears. I got to admit, I'm uh, my brain is sort of catching up with the words that you just said. But hopefully, uh, when you bring some of the neolo- neologisms uh, to us, it'll make more sense to me. Uh, here, here's one I like. I like this one. It's called agnostic. It's neither optimistic nor pessimistic, but a secret third thing. What do you think about that? <laughs> agnostic. Agnostic. Um... I sort of, I sort of hate it just because it has the words <laughs> mystic in it. But that's that's just me. But um, but I'll I'll let other people chime in. I think it's funny. I I think the the um, idea that everything in balance, and so rather than being optimistic or pessimistic, it's a balancing word, and so I think it's really clever. I, I like it too. It puts it puts things in balance. Um, here's one. It's called change vertigo. Change vertigo is the disorientation brought on by change changing faster than one's ability to comprehend it on a daily basis. It, it, it reminds me of uh, Future Shock. Uh, yeah, do, we do you like. Do you like change vertigo or do you like Future Shock? Well, we definitely need a word for it. I, I don't think that future shock is more understood, I think, but um, change vertigo actually sort of encompasses. They're both really good, actually. They're both really necessary. I see Edward's hand. I think change vertigo might be a good one, um, although future shock is the title of a really good book um, that I highly recommend people read. Uh, how's my signal, CD? Yeah, you sound much better now. Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, the um, the two things that I was thinking I might uh, like to do at some point today is to celebrate um, some people's wins, folks, uh, and also um, talk about the uh, a book that um, I'm re-listening to that's I think very apropos at this time. Uh, so maybe talk about the book recommendations. That sounds great. Um, hey, I want to say too that. I- agnostic i think i do like that word but i don't like the meaning that's attributed to it i i have like a different meaning like someone who's mystical but agnostic at the same time um i like it for that but i think that's why i didn't like it for meaning, <laughs> because it, uh, it it said something else to me entirely now now would you say that someone who's optimistic is an optimist who does magic I would I would say a mystical person who doesn't know why they're mystical. That's what I would call uh, it. But I like your definition actually better. An optimist who does magic is what we need more of in the world. Nice. I I have one here. It's uh chaos engineering. I think I think we've we've seen some chaos engineering. It's when the collective effort of the world's most brilliant technological minds is indistinguishable from absolute wanton chaos. <laughs> These are so good, man. I love them. <laughs> All right. I want to uh, give other people the chance to speak, though. Let's see if we can get some other folks up on absolutely. stage. Riona, you're awful quiet. I thought for sure you were going to say something about optimistic magic. But, um, okay, so the chaos engineering, 
I will say reminds me a lot of my daughter when she was 10. I, I bought her an old laptop and I let her pick out a sticker for it. There's all these like cartoon and anime stickers I thought she was going to pick. And the one that she picked was like pink letters written in like a big graffiti scrawl that said chaos coordinator. And I always thought that was good. That's funny. That's funny. Um, no. So Cryptoversal, can you repeat the second one that you said? The change... Change vertigo. Change vertigo. Oh my gosh, that's been that's a that's a sense of yeah, that's a sense of disorientation brought on by change, changing faster than one's ability to comprehend it on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And so I I can give you a snippet of the last two days of my life. Um, I have a senior in high school. She just finished uh, her wrap up of Alice in Wonderland, the theater production. She got her senior pictures taken and she got headshots done yesterday. And she's oh, singing wow. in an all-state choir today. And her college application is due tomorrow. And so I'm like, you know, everything's just bananas. Change vertigo. <laughs> so, so true. So true. Oh, it was muted. Everyone's muted. Absolutely. Yeah, so things have just been wild around here. Change vertigo. I'm going to write that down. Use it. Riona, I think you are the chaos coordinator from the sounds of it. it. Sounds like you're coordinating all the chaos. Am I really? Well, you're you're taking that chaos and and making it all make sense in your family. Oh, 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 yes. I thought it was I thought my <laughs> phone was making noise. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> No, yes, I am the chaos coordinator, or what? The, yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> the chaos engineer would be uh, would be a whole different species, sort of like this encompassing word. Uh, I was talking with my sister yesterday. She works heavily in in AI, and uh, one of these days I'm gonna ha do an interview with her because she's uh, she's got some amazing views. Like she works in leadership and AI and and this kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, we were talking about the fact that like Web three that we, we don't have a specific definition for it. Some people say there's a specific definition, but like as soon as AI came out, it instantly sort of became a part of Web3. And we both found that really interesting. And, and that ties right into what you're talking about, Cryptoversal, that we need new words for things. Um, as writers, we should be the ones coming up with them, most likely. What are some other situations that you guys think might require new words that we haven't given yet? Hmm. That's a good question. There's actually a concept in here called the, the Internet Industrial Complex, which I think is analogous to any other industrial complex. But it's, it's defined here as the primacy of Internet-enabled business, industry, and commerce, and their subsequent reach into every area of life. And I think, I think we've all experienced that. It seems like technology... Um, is is finding its way into parts of our lives that that previously we would have thought that are separate from you know we we have technology on uh, over here but um, it shouldn't it shouldn't be intruding over on the other side. What, what do you think, Edward? Yeah, I think um, that we are at a time in in history when we do need new words, and it's actually uh, historically been a writer's. Um, 
responsibility and prerogative to invent those new words. And I think that ties into uh, one of my first reading recommendations, which is Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, which was written in 1992. But uh, it's the first time that the word metaverse is used and his description of the metaverse is pretty much spot on to um, much of what virtual reality has come um, and much of what the 2D virtual worlds were earlier. Uh, but he also describes uh, just a lot of phenomena in a pre, pre-internet, basically a pre-internet age um, of what the internet age is going to look like, what that's going to do to world economies. And a lot of the words that were originated in Snow Crash uh, still appear in the, the modern lexicon. Same is true of some of uh, William Gibson's writings. So um, while I do like compendium type books, like the one that Cryptoversal has, I think, I think um, for words to gain traction in sort of the you know the zeitgeist it helps if they're introduced in the form of story so the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down um and so that uh that made me think of my uh, my first reading recommendation of the day those are two great recommendations like uh and i think the bruce sterling one that comes to mind for me is um something overdrive oh what was it edward you know this come on it's it's the the famous Bruce Sterling one, something overdrive. Um, oh, gone it. I'm gonna have to go to the internet. I think I know the one you're talking about, um, and I think that was actually a collaboration between Sterling and Gibson, wasn't it? Mona Lisa Overdrive. That was it. That was it. I knew you'd get it. I knew you'd get it. And you're right. It was Sterling and Gibson that um, that collaborated on that. Yeah, um, definitely should be. A, everybody's canon i think for this because again one of the things that it describes is this time in history um and several of gibson's works do too and, and the time is not a specified time but it's basically a time when sort of the global climate and the global economy um collapses slash resets and very often america is not where it started out in the hierarchy um so i think very and, and that tied into that idea of future shock or um change vertigo People who suffer from change vertigo in a time of extreme change um, uh, may may find themselves living in interesting times, as the Chinese proverb goes. Uh, but yeah, so seeing a few linkages between um, a few of these different uh, topics today. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other one was uh, Neuromancer. I think Neuromancer was in the same series, um, and and it was just like this Elon Musk stuff of basically connecting hardware into our brains and becoming like able to like jack into the net, you know, with your, with your brain. But that was the word that I was going to suggest was something along that lines is that you guys know this, that in our society right now, they were suffering a loneliness epidemic. There's so many people that are, that are lonely, that, um, that don't have anyone in their lives. And so many of those people have actually turned to the internet and web three and the metaverse and social media and all these things. And I think that we need a word to describe someone who lives a rich online life, but has an empty, impoverished offline life. And that could also go for uh, wealth as well. Like they, they, they physically are wealthy online in Roblox or whatever, but in the real world, they're living in an impoverished state in a hovel or something like that. And I think we need words for that situation. Go ahead, Edward. Well, I think the, the Japanese uh, word otoko is part of it. I think that's um, that shut in. I can't remember which one it is. Maybe a combination. Um, so some of the things that we're catching up to in the West have existed elsewhere for a while. 
Um, but it's really interesting that you highlight both the, uh, the loneliness, but also the, this idea that you can be very wealthy in one uh, in the metaverse and very poor in the real world or vice versa. You know, you, that you may have clout on a platform, but nothing somewhere else. This idea of different leverages in your virtual and real lives. Um, and that ties into another book that I'm, I'm listening to right now that I think is very useful, you know, kind of uh, how to establish meaning in your real life um, that would hopefully translate well over to your virtual life. And that is uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Be Useful. Um, he's uh, it's it's could be a bit confronting for some people, but he's a, just a very plain spoken uh, guy with a very recognizable voice um, who gives a pretty good call to action in his first chapters. I've not gotten all the way through it, um, but I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be one worth having on the the bookshelf. That sounds like a fantastic recommendation. I love the governor Schwarzenegger. I would have voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger if I had been in California when he ran for the governorship, but I couldn't. And it's probably the only time I would have actually voted Republican is voting for uh, Schwarzenegger. I just I like that guy. I like everything that I've ever heard him say has pretty much like resonated with me. I, maybe not everything, but most things. I mean, he did a speech, apparently, um, and I, I had to go find and listen to the speech. But right after November uh, or J January 6th, um, where he basically just called out the Proud Boys as um, he said they were the the, the guys the original knocked in, in Germany and Austria were the Proud Boys of the time and essentially, you know, named some names and, and just said that they were they were bad people who would go down on the wrong side of history and um, and said that he had seen the effect of what, uh, you know, the large sections of the public believing, you know, a divisive lie can do to a population. And he had suffered the results of, of growing up with um, fathers and uncles who had um, fought on the wrong side of something that, that their political leaders had got them to believe in. Um, and it was really pretty powerful stuff. And, you know, I think he identifies and, and it was called the servant's, um, the servant's heart is the name. It's a seven minute speech. You can find it on YouTube. Even if you, have, it still kind of resonates to this day. Like you can kind of see that there's um, one of the things he said was he could I he understood like the place of anger some of those people were coming from, but also that their way of trying to do things was not was not the right way, was not the American way. Um, That's a very good example of and and any time that you know Schwarzenegger breaks out the Conan sword to make a, a point in a speech, I think is probably worth watching. Um, but yeah, I was very, very interested by what uh, the fact that he identifies as Republican, um, but he has a very, you know, liberal point of view when it comes to certain things like, you know, the environment, uh, gun control, uh, but also his way of um, working together uh, with with people on both sides of the aisle um, in all walks of life to essentially uh, get an important thing done. And I'll be happy to share a point that he made uh, later, but I don't want to monopolize the mic too much. I think you can monopolize it. Um, I'll, I'll monopolize it for a second. So this is what, what I liked about Schwarzenegger is he always struck me as very much a humanist, someone who was maybe fiscally conservative, um, but at the same time had humanist ideas and ideals. And it's weird, but by marriage, Schwarzenegger's actually a Kennedy because Maria Shriver, of course, is a Kennedy and, and his wife. And um, yeah, it's so strange that like Schwarz Arnold Schwarzenegger is part of the Kennedy family, but there it is. 
Yeah, so I was actually, I lived in California at the time that he uh, was governor. Um, and it was very interesting to me. It, one of his uh, sort of principles that he laid out in this new book is he's like, don't have a plan B. And as a military guy, I'm, I'm like, well, we've always got to have a plan B and a plan C. And he's like, uh, plan B is just your own. It's, it's just your own like kind of excuse to fail. Like if you don't get plan A, you can say, ah, well, I've still got plan B. Um, and he used the point of, uh, I guess he, one of his big issues was to address gerrymandering, which is um, the a traditional corrupt practice in the U.S. where you uh, draw the lines of sides, do it, and the sides it better tends to and then they get to drawing the lines. He came into office, he was kind of blissfully unaware of this practice, and when he found out about it, he really wanted to reform it. But obviously, the um, the Democrats who had drawn their districts didn't want their districts redrawn, and the Republicans didn't want their districts redrawn, so his first... Um, his first uh, uh, measure to um, change that was just soundly defeated. Uh, and he said that their mistake was that they didn't realize that he saw a a defeat as just a temporary challenge. It's like if he had tried to bench press 500 pounds and he didn't make it on his first lift, he goes, or if he had uh, placed second in a, a Mr. Olympia contest um, one year, he wasn't just going to walk away from it. They didn't realize that for him, it was just a gauntlet thrown down. Um, and then he spent the next three years kind of crafting consensus and going directly to the people and then bringing an even more strict version of the bill back and getting it passed by as much as he had lost the first time. So the idea of, of not accepting the early defeat and having like this big, big, but you're not, you know, it can be done and you know, it is right. Uh, that was a pretty powerful thing that, um, that stood out to me in, in just listening to him. Well, it's definitely not where I expected us to be going today on the web three writers hour. I'm going to reset the room a little bit. This is the web three writers hour. We are talking about web three, the places where books and blockchain meet, and also just the things that interest writers. We're throwing out some new words, some things that need new words, and also talking about some book recommendations that people maybe should read and check out if they want to, you know, want to get a little bit more into the Web3 world or or just into the blockchain writing space in general. Um, Riona Morgan, what, what do you got going on today? What have you been seeing and looking at? Oh, gosh. Well, um, earlier we were chatting in the chat about the different things we thought we might want to bring up. And you mentioned something, and then I mentioned an article that I ran across on Medium about ChatGPT and some different prompts that we could maybe utilize to finesse some of the stuff that we're working on. And so I thought I would share that. Does that sound good? Yeah, it always sounds good. Go for it. Okay, okay. And then I will leave the other uh, bigger announcement for you to do. Well, feel free to use it if you want. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> uh, so th let's see. This um, article is entitled uh, 10 ChatGPT Prompts Better Than um, Rewrite, Better Than Asking ChatGPT to Just Simply Rewrite Something. And so um, I, I use ChatGPT a lot for like social media postings and idea creating and things like that to be like, give me a list of five, 10, 15 uh, prompts or 
posts for Twitter or Facebook or whatever and about this topic. And so it'll just spit out these things. And then sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't really like this sentence or maybe I want to um, inflate this other sentence or whatever. And so then this is just the list that um, this author here for this, his last name is Mada, M-A-D-A. And um, so it is exaggerate. So exaggerate this product description. Um, another one is illuminate, clarify or illuminate this sentence. And then it gives the sentence. Um, emphasize or reiterate, formalize, um, which means rewrite it so that it sounds more, more formal, you know, maybe takes out the contractions and then informalize, meaning add more of a friendly tone or a friendly mood. Uh, paraphrase, that's interesting. Reframe, changing the angle of whatever it is. Um, reframe it so that it sounds, has a different slant. And let's see, then here we have summarize. Then we have expand. And then the last one is boost. You can ask um, ChatGPT to boost a particular sentence, giving it more weight or um, inflating it a little bit more. So I just thought that those are really interesting, those different um, words to utilize in the finessing when you're working with your posts or your prompts in ChatGPT. Yeah, I love that. I actually, um, I, I actually frequently will say, make this more, and I'll throw in sometimes like a, an adjective that, a, you know, is like the tone that I want, like what comes to mind is that make this more punk rock, make this more energetic, make this more spiritual. Um, and I'll, I'll toss that in there sometimes with a prompt that it, it just doesn't really fit there, but you toss a, a weird thing in like that. And sometimes it creates a better flow or it brings an idea that, that maybe was simmering in chat GPT's weird, uh, not consciousness, but whatever it is that chat GPT has where things simmer, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it totally does make sense. <laughs> make this more punk rock. I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> I need a list of punk rock Facebook tweets. Or <laughs> Here I'm mixing my social medias. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. I'm going to do that next time. Excellent. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. And you know what? You just gave me an idea. Maybe uh, when I'm doing Facebook stuff, I'll say make this more Lawrence Welk rather than more punk rock. <laughs> Hit the right demographic. I bet, I bet a big majority of the people who hear this have no clue even who Lawrence Welk is. <laughs> that's, a, that's how old I am. I, you know, I was watching reruns of that. That's funny. That's funny. No, that's, I, I wonder if it could do that. That's really clever. That's a really good idea. I, uh, I did one time I cre when ChatGPT first came out and there was the ability to like sort of program it to make, you know, bots. I made a couple of bots and one of the bots that I made was the boomer bot and the boomer bot um very quickly became a problem uh it was you know i'd, I'd sort of you know I'd, I'd sort of hack the system a little bit to get around some of the limitations but the boomer bot was not a good person at all so i would ask questions and the boomer bot would give these like absolutely atrocious answers it was so bad that i i just i put it out of its misery euthanasia for the boomer bot that's hilarious. I don't know That's if you hilarious. saved any of those uh, 
those interactions between you and the boomer bot. But to me, that's a classic basis for a short story. Um, you know, just dress dress the boomer bot up and maybe a little more, you know, human of an avatar than something that's just your screen. But large wealth bot. <laughs> oh my god. And what if what if he didn't actually die? What if you thought you managed to close out the chat window and that was it? But uh, a few years later, the boomer bot came back, or you read about it in the paper. Um, angry computer yells at cloud. I just want to have my mic on so that everybody can hear me just laughing here, <laughs> picturing the Lawrence Welk bot yelling at a cloud. It's like it is a it's a great story. You guys, we should we should make this story happen. So speaking of making stories happen, that uh, and also the fact that um, Rihanna brought us in an article from Medium. Um, how is everybody finding T two? Uh, I didn't. I, I that was one of those things that you know this is supposed to be November for me, but I said yes to it back in October, and uh, had no idea what I was getting into. Never been to the T two platform. But when I got there, it was pretty familiar because I'm like, yeah, this is a Medium clone in Web three. So I think we've now seen Twitter cloned um, with uh, you know Lenster's sort of that, and uh, also Warpcast. But it looks like we now have a a medium clone. Um, what are people thinking about the experience of writing there, reading there? Um, do you think that you would pivot there if you already had a strong medium following? Do you see yourself? Do you see Corey Doctorow showing up on on T two? What's uh, people's first uh, first perspectives? I'll jump in quick and say that um, I sort of hate the blocks thing. I, uh, I I'm an old school WordPress user. I use the old school WordPress editor. I really hate constructing writing in blocks the way that things like that. So what I'll do is I'll write on Google Docs or on Word or OpenOffice, something like that. And then I'll copy and paste it into the blocks so I don't have to deal with that whole blocks thing because I just really can't stand it. It's, I don't write on Medium or Substack doesn't doesn't have quite that same thing, but T2 does have the same thing. So So I don't like that. The other question I have, and, and maybe Dylan or Indefatigable or Riona, maybe one of you guys know the answer here, but how decentralized is T2? Um, what is it that makes it a decentralized? I know it's connected with Lens. Uh, I know that I have an account, but is it actually decentralized? Does anybody know the answer to that? I think uh, the one the one piece I do know is that when you go to publish your piece and maybe everybody's noticed this and this, I have no idea if this is actually answering your question. Um, but I know that the, um, maybe I don't know what I'm answering. Cause I was thinking, I was thinking you were going to ask another question. I was like, ah, I think it's stored on our weave and I think all of this other stuff. And so maybe I'm not answering your question correctly. So maybe I'll pause and let someone else jump in. I think my problem is that you did get it right. It's the fact that it is stored on Arweave, which presumably makes it uh, much more resistant, you know, to if the website itself went down. Um, although I'm not 100% sure because I the back end of Web3 is, is not my forte. Um, but I'll certainly mention that, that I uh, am curious about the, you know, the revenue model from the perspective of, I guess, both the reader and the writer, having been an early adopter of Medium and early disappointee of Medium, um, but also I'd stay on that bronco long enough to get to um, the, the useful end from a writer's perspective.
Yeah, I, I really don't know. These are questions that we should probably uh, we should probably post it in the T two Discord and come back with answers on. When when I was in the Marine Corps, um, one of the best lessons that I learned was I worked for a while in headquarters. And I worked under this captain who said, you know what, if you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know the answer, but I'll get back to you with it later. And I think that's what I'm going to have to do now is say that. That is great advice. I got that advice too. You can rarely go wrong. But the other thing uh, that I had thought about was when we said, you know, we should, we should write this story. So it occurred to me that the, the option has to give prompts. And I was already thinking about doing this with one of the, um, you know, little characters that I developed for what used to be Quest of Evolution, and I think it's now Book Blocks, um, is to use the writing prompt to start a story and invite other people to, you know, write the next X hundred words of the story. Um, so maybe uh, G-Monk versus the Boomer Bot could uh, be that uh, one of those one of those stories. You got me laughing again, man. This is part of the reason why I love the Web3 Writers Hour. Uh, Especially if it wasn't just G-Monk, but, but it was literally, you know, the, the disciple, or maybe it's Ball Jesus versus the uh, versus the Boomer Bot, where in fact the um, the person who actually has to deal with the, the Boomer Bot is in fact not G-Monk himself, but, uh, but Ball Jesus, the um, leader of uh, Baldism. I just want to say yes. Okay, see, so see how a, a pacifistic like, fate... Okay, I'm going to let you guys go in just a second. I just have to throw in here that I also constructed a bald Jesus bot. So the bald Jesus versus the boomer bot is something that could actually run like that TikTok video. I don't know if you guys saw this of the two AIs playing speaking chat GPT, uh, speaking to each other, playing 20 questions. Totally creepy. If you haven't seen it, I posted it in the Vagabond Magazine Discord. But um, yeah, so there's that. But I stepped on two people here edward and dylan in my enthusiasm and excitement so i'm gonna shut my mic down now and let you guys you know duke it out or however you do that i think i'll defer to dylan rather than duke anything because duke nukem just not around anymore <laughs> well uh, shit. uh did i I, th I think i may have uh misinterpreted the silence when i was granted speaker permissions and uh and stepped on you, but I was just, I wanted to emphatically support the bald Jesus versus the, the boomer bot. I just feel like that would be hysterical. See, guys, this is why we love the Web3 Writers Hour. No duking anything out, just people deferring to each other, apologizing, stepping in nicely, raising our hands. You know why? Because we're Web3 Writers. That's why. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because we're Canadian. <laughs> Some of us have heritage. So as we proceed deeper into the Australian bush, I don't know how long my signal will last. Uh, it may even have dropped out now. But I did want to uh, just take a moment to celebrate a couple of other people's wins in the space and ask if anybody knew of any wins of preferably somebody else's, but definitely uh, toot your own horn. Um, and that was uh, I posted something up in the... Uh, in the nest uh, one of the artists uh the poets that i publish uh from time to time in arts and poetry his name's ephraim doro he's a young man uh, from uh kenya and writes some really lovely poetry he is uh looks like been on his poetry writing adventure for three years and so he's giving away i don't know if anybody is on the solana blockchain um but he's basically uh he has a 
uh, post. He's like, if you um, throw your Solana wallet address in the hat, you can win a one-on-one poetry NFT uh, from someone who definitely, I think, is a, um, a pretty great pretty great Web3 poet and a pretty great poet all around. Um, and then I know that uh, one of my friends from Turkey, uh, uh, Chem, who goes, I think, by Daystar sometimes, uh, his work, he's a visual artist, but it got picked up for a Beeple exhibition in Charleston, South Carolina. And it turns out he is not able to travel on short notice from Turkey to Charleston, um, be present, uh, but he's really generously, um, you know, kind of giving his ticket away to someone in the, the lit community. So if you're in lit, now might be a dime to jump in the discord and see how he's coordinating that. Um, but yeah, just two examples of, and I think uh, several of my friends have gotten art that's been picked up for display in, uh, in New York in the spring. Um, but really great to see just you know people that you know getting picked out of the um, artistic hat by uh, people that everybody knows. And just curious if anybody else had any big big wins to report on behalf of them or their friends. I have a big win to report on our friend Riona Morgan. She did a poetry piece, a poetry art piece that is going to be showing in a gallery in Paris. And I'm just I'm so over the moon for you, my friend. I love that. And if you want to pick a piece of that up yourself, she also has it on rionamorgan.scent.co. You can go and actually, um, yeah, you can be a part of it. Rihanna, is that the same one that's in the NWSTCY, if I'm getting that correct? Yes, uh, collection? yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes. And yeah. I believe you read that last time. It's extremely touching, touching point. Thank you. Yes, yes. And there's been... Um, so much. Thank you. That's, that's really lovely to hear. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, there's just been so many things going on with it and, and the books are in print already. And there's a very famous, uh, first English speaking bookstore, um, on the continent that's right across from the Louvre. And I can't pronounce it because I don't speak French and I'm not going to attempt it because I don't want to be disrespectful to that establishment. Um, but it is, the book is in print and it's in that bookstore. And so we got to see some pictures of it yesterday. And so it's just really, really amazing that <laughs> I'm just sort of blown away uh, about all of that. And, and so, yes, that's really, um, really remarkable. So thank you for cheering and, and being with me on this journey. I really, really love you and, and appreciate it so much. Thank you, all of you. Well, as the French might say, incredible, Rihanna, uh, well done. Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. And I want to continue to sing your praises and shout you out because you're also uh, one of the four members of the Page Dow core team, all of whom are here right now. And I, I just want to shout um, the Page Dow team out um, because we have recently had the big win of just kind of redefining our direction and figuring out just exactly, uh, you know, what we want to do with our time and how we best advance the project forward. Um, and, and I think that the, the decision has been reached to, to not look for grants anymore, not look for VC money, and, and just kind of put our noses to the grindstone and, and build the technology also. Uh, so, so I think that there are going to be some, some big moments coming forward. And honestly, I, I think even just, uh, you know, kind of having this clarity represents a big win for, for, for the page job. So, so I just want to shout us out <laughs> uh, somewhat, I guess, self-aggrandizingly. 
I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on that also and say, yes, definitely. The energy in our page meetings and our planning groups is so high and so positive and so lovely and so fun and so exciting. And it's almost freeing to be like, we don't have to try to fit ourselves into any particular funding VCs vision. We can create our own vision and build from there. And the way that we can do that is because we've got this amazing team of Cryptoversal books and Indefatigable and Dylan, and, and it's just so, so exciting and so much fun to be able to just have have this dream and then work towards making it become real. And so it's really a lovely place. So everybody jump into the PageDAO Discord and, and start, you know, hanging out with us and seeing, help us get where we're going here. It's amazing. Yeah, I will say that I think PageDAO is the second um, token I ever bought. Uh, the first was the CreateTokia Create token, um, and very interesting to me that some of those uh, very early things that felt right are still in the space, where so many of the um, the projects that I saw come after have pretty much fallen by the wayside. And with that said, um, speaking of projects that I have not been doing a lot with lately, um, and also use that kind of blocky paid blocky writing format uh, that some people dislike. Uh, is anybody active on Readle right now? Has anybody heard what's going on with them? Are they slowly going out? Are they a vibrant writing community still? You know, we always publish Vagabond Magazine on Readle, um, or we have up to now. And, and um, I, we are on a little bit of a hiatus. We've got a two-month break between our previous issue and the next one, which comes out December 21st. So I haven't heard anything about Riedel going away. My assumption was just that they were a little bit quiet, just the, the way that the, the space has become quiet. But we never really know um, with this stuff. So I don't have any information on it. If anybody does have information, I'd love to hear it. I will probably uh, research this and get back to you on it, Edward. Oh, I, I would love to hear the results of that research, BCD, because um, I, I generally maintain a light amount of contact with uh, some folks from around the space, including the Riedel team, and I have not heard much. Uh, you know, not now that I'm thinking about it, I actually don't know when the last time was that I heard from our friends at Riedel. I got on their site not long ago, and I saw there's still a lot of content being published, but it it wasn't. It was a lot of sort of like. Um, low value. Yeah, that might be might be the word to use. I don't want to say it was completely that, but I, I didn't go into it. But a lot of it that I saw was low value. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting that as more and more content is generated, uh, curation is going to be another you know defining factor. Um, I think T two is looking at doing that in some way for some sorts of writing. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, so I think PageDAO haven't had a lot of time to put into that. Riedel, um, again, have not published with them lately. We're really doing pretty badly with Web3 publishing myself this year, except for the uh, the arts and poetry, um, which I've managed to crank up a few issues. Um, but once this, uh, this IRL book gets done, really hoping to um, pivot back into the field, because I think there's a lot, lot to be done. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here. This is uh, it's sort of connected, but tangent tangentially. Like, 
So flow blockchain, the flow blockchain is what I didn't realize that. Okay, so the flow blockchain is a blockchain that was created by Dapper Labs and Dapper Labs are the ones who are behind. They were behind CryptoKitties back in 2017. They were also behind uh, Top Shot in 2020, which, you know, there's some argument to be made that that actually started the whole NFT boom. And there was a crypto publishing project that I actually signed a contract with and they just completely dropped off the radar, which was called Published NFT. Uh, I was going to do a book with them and and they just sort of disappeared. But the, the article that Riona referred to earlier was talking about how Dapper Labs is do they've they're licensing a bunch of Pixar, Star Wars and Disney characters and they're going to be doing something with that. So this is going to be a different kind of web3 storytelling. Talk about high value. I mean, I, I don't even I can't even imagine how much it costs to license those characters to do something with NFTs. But it's interesting that Disney Pixar Star Wars is going to be working with Dapper Labs to create something that they I'm almost certainly not going to call NFTs with the Flow blockchain. So that's that's interesting. There's an article about it. I'll see if I can pull it up and maybe stick it up in the nest. But have you guys heard anything about this? Did you see the article? What are your thoughts about Flow, about published NFT, about Top Shot, about CryptoKitties, any of that stuff? I have not heard about the blockchain or the project. CryptoKitties resonates as being like one of those um, popular, but maybe low RP projects that I wouldn't have been a part of back in the day. Um, I think they were all. All right, Edward, I think we're losing you, man. I think he's disappeared into the bush. Yeah, we're losing him, but the bush is gaining him. Well, we're all agreed that Edward will be sorely missed. Edward. We appreciated you when you were here, man. We hope you come back someday. We, we're catching you a little bit. Oh, Dylan, go ahead. Well, I was just going to throw another win into the uh, communal pot here. Um, let's see. I'm catching just a, a tad bit from, uh, from our good friend Ed, Edward. But, um, anyway, I, I guess just to make this real quick, um, I'm reconceptualizing the, the World Team Ethics Project. Um, thinking a little bit more about um, what decentralized philosophy um, means and can be. And, uh, you know, just as we get a little bit closer with, you know, kind of more um, exposure with the project, more writing is going to be happening. We've got another book review uh, getting ready to, to go live on T2 and then CD. Uh, we're we're going to be meeting up on, on Friday in, uh, in uh, what's it called, Spatial. Um, at the page house base to have the first ever uh, detailed dialectic hour, right? So excited. <laughs> well, I've been waiting to hear back from you about that. Are we meeting up on Friday in the spatial space of page now? You got to get me those details, Dylan, so that uh, I can oh, be prepared uh, for it. Yeah. Also, is, talk, yeah. Is, it's just crazy. is George going to be joining us? Um, well, I don't know. I, we did talk about Thursday, didn't we? I, I'm, I'm becoming forgetful in my old age with all the different stuff that's going on these days. <laughs> it happens. I, uh, I, I'm also reaching the point where, of overwhelm in terms of, you know, the amount of stuff that I do. So sometimes things drop by the wayside. Just get me the details. I'll be there if I can be there as long as I know about it. That's the, that's the key. You got to make sure I know about it. Um, 
so I did manage to stick that Disney pinnacle thing up there. And Edward t- mentioned crypto kitties. I actually, I own a couple crypto kitties. I crypto kitties were sort of the thing that I saw that, that excited me, uh, re-excited me about crypto and NFTs because when crypto kitties came out in 2017, I looked at them a little bit late, unfortunately, just like with top shot, I was a little bit late, but I looked at them and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And what I loved was that people were breeding them. You know, you could buy two crypto kitties, you could combine them together and make a new crypto kitty and with new traits and new things. That's sort of the beauty of blockchain gaming and what you can do with contracts and with Ethereum, you know, you, you really can't do this kind of stuff, creating things that live for a longer time. And it always seemed to me that the idea of crypto kitties put into book form or literary form would be so interesting. You know, if you were to take, you know, an, an open source version of Tom Sawyer and an open source version of, um, I don't know, what's what's Pride and Prejudice and somehow you were to marry those and have an AI write a third book that was Tom Sawyer, Pride and Tom Sawyer or Tom Sawyer and Prejudice or something like that. It, it could yield something really interesting. Of course, we're going to have to get better AI for that and everything else. But what do you guys think about that idea or anything else? Because I realize I'm just talking right here. Maybe it's maybe it's just madness. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies did very well. And if you could have something that would just generate those on demand, uh, it could be very entertaining. I don't know that I I would want to rely completely on AI for that, though. It was a fun period when that Pride and Prejudice and Zombies came out. That was about the time that Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter also came out. There was a a lot of creativity going on in in different directions than, than everyone expected. Yeah, you're right. Relying completely on it, but for AI might be might be problematic well we've just got a few more minutes here i do want to remind everybody that so that's about all that i have today you guys i want to open up the floor though for cryptoversal books riona t dylan daniel indefatigable if he wants to come up here edward we're going to get you back up on the stage hopefully we got you back and let's finish this thing out i have a question i know that just a bit ago um edward asked about how t2 was going for everybody but I know that a lot of us are part of the Web3 Writers Union, and we all submitted our stuff for the last last submission period. So yay, congratulations to us. But I'm wondering, my experience was really good and really positive. It's a little, um, it, you have we have to be mindful to be logged in when we're reading so that we get our... But what are your guys' thoughts? Where where are you with all of that? What What's your experience like? Well, I will say that I am enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I, I think there are lots of unique benefits that are going to come to users of the T2 platform. Uh, the team is moving quick and they seem to execute, they seem to think. Um, and so that's all really good stuff. Um, so I, I look forward to continuing to um, grow with the platform. And frankly, I, I think that the platform has a way to go. I, I think it will get there though. And frankly, uh, I don't know why I keep saying frankly. Uh, <laughs> frankly, uh, anyway, well, sure, listen, surely you can be serious, right? <laughs> no way, not me, never. Oh, I don't know. Some, sometimes I'm, I'm seriouser than, than I would prefer to be. 
But, but anyway, with, with respect to T2, I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I sent an article out last week that, that got a, a lot of attention from people um, that I hadn't spoken to in a while even. And, and so I love that it's open. I love that I can just share stuff and people can go read it. Um, I would also really love to be able to get, you know, time points for that. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're working on all this different stuff for us. And, and so, so it's just, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's really cool to have a Web3 native platform that we're actively, you know, working with and, and that's, that, that's listening to the writers. You know, so, so that's pretty incredible. And, and I just can't wait to see how the, uh, how the end of the month plays out. Yeah, it's getting people to write, getting people to read. It's uh, showcasing a, a platform. Um, I think the plat- I also think the platform has some development to go, uh, some features I'd like to see. Uh, I'm also finding it uh, easier to, to write it elsewhere and paste it in rather than write it on site. Um, but hopefully, um, I, I know it's come a long way already, so, so it's, it's, it seems to be in good hands as far as development goes. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the week brings. Uh, I may actually use it as the platform to publish the next and uh, very long overdue um, issue of the Meta Library in minutes, or at least to drop it there first. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, we should get uh, Wan Shu back on here. Maybe um, if she has time, we could try to get her on next week or the week following. Also, we should get Karsten from Creatokia back on the Web3 Writers Hour and see what's happening with Creatokia. I know there's still stuff going on. A few of us have published with Creatokia and a few of us are forthcoming to publish with Creatokia. So we should start focusing on getting uh, getting some of those publishers, the Web3 publishers here, not just for ourselves, but also so that those who are listening can learn more about those platforms, how they work and how they can become a part of them. Agreed. This is the Web3 Writers Hour where we meet once a week We talk about books, we talk about blockchain, we talk about writing and reading and the places where all those things intersect. It's an open conversation. So if you want to be part of it, just raise your hand. Let us know you want to be up on the stage and we'll get you up here as long as we have the space and the time. Uh, If you just want to listen, that's okay too. Now, Web3 Writers Hour is a part of the Vagabond Media Group. Vagabond Media Group publishes a number of podcasts that you guys may participate in or listen to that is uh on mondays we do vmgm which stands for vagabond magazine good morning that's when the editors of vagabond magazine get together we talk about all the different things going on in the web3 lifestyle uh across the board and that we have all kinds of different guests we talk about movies we talk about films we talk about cults you name it vmgm is a great way to start your web3 week so join us we do that in the vagabond magazine discord and we record it, we put it on Apple Podcasts, it makes it to Spotify, all these other places. So you can check out the back issues of that there. Tuesdays, today, we do the Web3 Writers Hour. That's this, the open conversation I just told you about. On Sundays, I do something special in the Baldism Discord. You don't have to be bald to participate. You just have to have a sense of humor. The Baldism Discord, we do the Sunday session there. At some point on Sunday, we just record it and have a conversation. We have a lot of interesting people in our community. We have a lot of interesting ideas. And if nobody shows up and wants to talk that day, I'll share five or 10 minutes of stuff, maybe 20 minutes if I'm feeling really verbose, which I usually am, uh, about bald Jesus, baldism, and how to live a better life using the concepts of baldism. Number one concept, of course, don't be a... And then 
Also, we've got the other stuff going on. We're going to be working with T. Dillon Daniel. Breonna Morgan recently did an interview interview with Books to Poetry magazine, and that was published special. I've done stuff with Pixel Vault and talking about their forthcoming Web3 game, Battle Plan. We have a, a conversation frequently with that. We talk about Moonlings. So we got all kinds of stuff. All you got to do is follow us on Apple Podcasts or vagabond.substack.com, and you'll get all this stuff delivered to your inbox. If you're a subscriber, if you're a paid subscriber, you'll get it early. If you're not a paid subscriber, you'll get it a little bit later. But we love you anyway. We want you to be a part of it. If you want to participate live, that's always free. So just come and join us. Well, that's about it, you guys. We've reached the uh, self-imposed time limit that we usually set. Uh, I live here in Hawaii, and uh, while I'm not Hawaiian, I have embraced a lot of the concepts that the Hawaiian people have brought to the world. One of them is this idea of aloha, and aloha is love. It's hello, it's goodbye, it's you and me breathing the same air, being part of the same. We are all one, so develop the tradition here on the Web3 Writers Hour of closing out this space by everyone opening up their mics, and at the count of three, we'll all just say aloha. You are welcome to join us. So, at the count of three, one, two, three. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.